Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you. Next. <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. No. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? Hey you, we missed you. Welcome back to a special edition of Thank You Next. This is a podcast that takes relationship losses and turns them into lessons. So basically, we're turning your L's into wins, baby. We are your hosts. I'm Raj. And I am Hardeep. That means light of God. Did you know? No, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. So we usually pick free lessons from our relationships and turn them into wins on each episode. Or our guests do that when they're here with us. But today, we ain't doing that. There's a little bit of a twist. Raj, tell us about it. Two years ago, on the 8th of February of 2019... Raj gave birth to a child. Oh my God, really? A little lady called Ariana Grande released the album that can only be described as a masterpiece. It was the fourth biggest selling record by a female that year. And it's called Thank You Next, obviously. You already know that our podcast is named after that album and the song. And on this episode, we're celebrating two years of the album by picking three relationship lessons that we're going to say thank you next to from that record. So in case you're new here, we don't only talk about romance-related L's, we also get into the most important relationships in our lives. So the friendships, the family stuff, the work colleagues, the social media buddies. I listened to Thank You Next for the first time last night. It is a banging album. I thought you said you listened to our podcast for the first time last night. I was very like confused then, but I was like, okay. No, I listen to it every week, download it. We want to know what you want to say thank you next to as well. So please email us at hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com and follow us on socials for extra, extra content. We're at thank you next pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're on YouTube as well. Hit us up, dudes. And we've had a nice little competition running for our best review. And we can officially announce we have a winner. Woo-hoo! And that winner is Layla SB. We love the honesty in your review and you let us know about your experiences, which is what we asked for. And Layla, obviously you mentioned that you related to a lot of the stuff that I've said I've gone through on this podcast too. And we've been chatting over email and Layla's given us a little bit of perspective that we wanted to share with you. So this is a little bit of wisdom from Layla. She says, the way I see things, we all have to go through shit so we know what shit looks like and can appreciate gold, not just in a new relationship, but most importantly, in ourselves. Yes, honey, that is damn straight. If everything in my room was gold, yeah, you wouldn't appreciate that it was gold. And I'm glad that she's made that point because you make that point a lot as well about not only looking at the relationships, but also looking at yourself and your own behavior. 
Yeah, man. Because it's so easy to point the finger and I find it really boring as well. You know, when you meet people and they're like, oh, this, this, this. It's like, yeah, but what ownership can you take? And I did read a meme about this the other day when Pisces learn a lesson and they think, why haven't the other people not learned it? And also don't be so hard on people who haven't learned the thing that you've only just learned, which is that. So congratulations, Layla. We're going to be posting her prize on Insta. So follow us if you want to see the treats that we have in store. She has asked for a little pamper kit. That's sweet, man. We're going to match that, baby. We're going to match that energy because that's what we do here. We match your energy, okay? We're good friends. We're not bad friends. Thank you for not asking for a designer bag. I appreciate that. I would have made her one. You know, I would have started my own brand. I would have been like, here's a designer, babe. Oh, Raj. Thank you, Layla. We love you. And we love everyone else who sent us a review. Thank you so much. Keep sending us reviews. Yeah, keep sending us reviews. We will probably be doing more giveaways on this podcast because we want to spoil you guys. So we want to share the love. You love us. We love you. Keep your ear to the ground. Thank you. Right, so before we get into the lessons that we've learned from the album, thank you, next, we're going to talk about shit that went down this week. Raj is scared of going to the doctor. Tell us more about this, please. Okay, Hardy, this is something that is genuinely very, very upsetting to me. I have started getting earaches and ear infections. I think it's related to stress. So I started getting them in my last relationship. I've never had them before. And it's cropped up again this week. I'm trying really hard not to shout on today's podcast because I'm, I think I've lost the hearing a little bit in one ear and it's completely blocked and it's swollen. Very painful. I have jacked myself up on painkillers. This happens to me regularly. But the last time I went to the doctor about it, they sent me to an ear specialist and the ear specialist really creeped me out. Not only was he like stereotypically creepy, like, you know how we've talked about villains look in TV shows and stuff like that. He actually was creepy. Like, I mean, his long hands, like creepy, creepy. Like he was very slim and hunched over, like very creepy. Okay. And I had to lie down in a room with him alone. And one of my holes was exposed to him. Now, it wasn't my vagina. It wasn't my mouth. So I know it can't be that sexual. But then again, a hole is a hole. They're not going to put anything in your ear, hopefully, you'd think. He put this ear wax sucky machine in my ear and he went quite deep with it to the point where it was hurting me and I was making it very clear that it was hurting me but I cannot tell you the vibes I was getting he was getting so excited about the wax being sucked out that it wasn't even was he like (sighs) so yeah he was I could hear breathing okay yeah but obviously you're gonna hear breathing if he's close to your ear no I could hear that kind of creepy I'm getting excited (sighs) It, it was like that. It was not oh, nice. Yeah. And I was alone in that room. With, it was scary. And also it was hurting. I was just like, this is actually just, it felt like abuse. It did not feel nice at all. And his voice changed as well when he was talking to me through it. How did it go? How did it go? How did his voice change? Like it started feeling sexual. <sighs> it started feeling sexual. And I was just like, oh, and I genuinely, and I know this sounds so Stupid, but it did. It felt like abuse. It felt fucking disgusting. I felt disgusting afterwards. I felt just really ashamed as well afterwards. It's really weird, isn't it? Oh, mate. But it didn't leave me feeling good. And I just felt like, and the doctor said to me straight up, he was like, you're going to keep getting this problem with your ears. And I was like, oh my God, okay. So today, reluctantly, I have called the doctor. I did all the forms online, you know, because you can't go to the doctors. They're all like, call 111, do this. You need to see someone. But Hardy, actually, we were talking about this last night and she was like, why don't you just request to not see this person? Yeah. So I'm gonna... Go back again, sort your ear out and actually say, 
say you want a woman. Yeah. Let's just hope she's not an earwax pervert too. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, this is not saying all men or anything like that. It's just that if you don't want him and you said you don't know what his name is. I don't know what his name is. I just know he was creepy as fuck. Yeah. I know the hospital that he worked at. It was, but it was the worst. And I was just going to say to you, have you had ever had an experience like that where it's just put you off anything medical because you've had a really bad experience? I've always had like decent experiences and stuff that I've gone through it that has been traumatic. I've always had nice people there holding my hand. But no, I've never had a creepy doctor. But I, okay, we're not saying again, that's all dudes. But I always request women because it just makes me feel better. I think that's a life hack. That might just actually be a life hack. Yeah, yeah. I was telling you, I had to go, I think it must have, it must have been a sex clinic. I can't remember. I had to go once and then, a, no, 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 no. I had a UTI. Fuck, you know, I had a UTI or something. Something was UTI or contraception problem. And the guy who walked in was an old Asian man. And as soon as he walked in, I just goes, can I please have someone else? Because, come on, I'm not having an old Asian man. No. Someone who looks like someone I'm related to. Like, no. Get me an old white woman. Dorothy, who's worked at the clinic. She knows what the young people are up to. She's been up the yellow brick road. She don't give a <laughs> fuck, you know? Not She don't give a shit. Not my dad's mate. Like, come on. No, no, no. Nah. Uh, so yeah, that's me really. That is a life hack though. I think that's a very useful little piece of information and I'm definitely going to be doing that going forward. So last week we had Tony Tone on the podcast and she was talking about love languages. I haven't taken the test before. Hardy, you have with your partners before, right? Yeah, I took it like a couple of years ago and I've not looked at it since, but Raj asked me to take the test and she did the test too. Mm. Raj. Okay, so I mean, it asked really weird questions and some of the questions it asked are just things that you would never, ever be asked anywhere. Have you ever done like a uh, application for like Tesco and it's like, what would you do if a customer asks you for help? Number one, help them. Number two, help them with a smile. Number three, say, I don't know and walk away. Like there was a lot of those ones which are like obviously never going to be the ones, but I'm sure out there is probably the one to somebody. Yeah, I guess. I felt like the questions were designed in a way to really make you push for a weird answer. But it was like sometimes I didn't agree with either of the options, but I had to pick one of the options, such as would. So I don't know how accurate it is. Yeah. But actually, I've got both of our little report cards here and we've got very similar scores. Is it in the same order as well, actually? Yeah, it is. Our main love language from the look of this primary love language is quality time. Oh, love me with your time. Um, It said here, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. And you know what? I hate if I'm with someone and they put their phone on or if they're like concentrating on something else. Like I want your time. Undivided attention. I mean, on a date, that's just really bad manners, isn't it? It's my biggest turnoff in any in any situation. Like even yesterday, I was talking to like a family member about work, and I spoke about work for one second. They didn't acknowledge anything I said about work, and instead they started talking about a technical problem they were having with like a piece of equipment. And I was like, "You did not listen. That is the worst thing. Not being listened to." Yeah, our second highest love language. Mine is 30%, yours is 27%, is physical touch. Not surprising. Surprising for me as a asexual celibate, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you realise you're actually quite touchy as well because like I said, the first time I met you... Yeah, but I feel safe with you. I don't touch a lot of people though. 
I only touch people if I'm like majorly, majorly comfortable with them. Even some of my friends, I think I don't even touch them. But we and you were doing a photo shoot. Do you know what I mean? And we had to touch each other, kind of. Okay, fine. You did touch me off camera as well. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Out, all right. All right. And number three is words of affirmation. Me with 27%, you with 17%. I said this was really interesting because I'm always telling Raj things about her that I appreciate. Just because I think, you know, if I die tomorrow, people should know these things, you know, and I'm not going to hold it in and think it not tell you so i try and tell people good things about them but every time i do you like ignore it i'll be like oh raj da, da, da. and then you were like yeah so anyway last night i had chips like you would completely ignore what i say i can't take a compliment i have issues with taking compliments i don't know where it comes from and i feel like it comes from something where i don't know where it comes from but maybe i need to figure that out I just, I can't take compliments very well. But you do like them. So that's interesting. I guess I like them, but maybe I like them in a certain way. Maybe I only like them in a relationship. I don't know. Not like hello, beautiful, but I think I like, like, I love you. <laughs> I don't I would like, I don't know. I would like people to appreciate my body. I think I need to hear that I've got a sexy body a bit more. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'll start telling you you've got a sexy body. But then I saw this tweet this week. No, from a lover. Oh, from, from a, a lover. lover. All right. Um, Mr. Lover. All right, from a lover. Right. I love the way your legs just love them. All right. <laughs> but I saw this tweet where it was Aloni and she said, if his top love language is words of affirmation, you can't take anything seriously because men will say anything. And I know that's like kind of stereotypical or whatever, but I also have to say like, I remember having Mandy Vakili on one of our prior podcasts, right? And she was like, at the beginning of a relationship, a man will say anything just to impress you. Don't pay notice to what he's saying at the beginning of a relationship because it's not real. Mm. Whereas women, she was like, women will be a little bit guarded. Anything they say will be honest and real. But men will be completely unguarded, say all this shit to you, but they're, they're just trying to impress you. They don't mean it. She was like, take things with a pinch of salt. It's interesting because I was just watching Married at First Sight Australia and more women than men, when they were getting married, they meet the person for the first time. They go like up the aisle. Right? So they meet them there and the women, a lot of the women would like start insulting the men immediately. Like one was like, take your eyebrow piercing out. And like there was a, another lady who was like insulting the guy, making weird jokes, talking too much. I find that the women throw, they, it's like a game. It's like a guy is like a dartboard or something and they just throw as much shit as they can to be like, can you handle this? Can you handle this? Is it banter? So they're trying to have banter. They've got their walls up and they're trying to be funny and, you know, they're nervous. So it's all these things. Okay, we can't, I'm not saying we can base all relationships on what I've just seen, but I know it takes it, it's a bit too far. You know, when you meet someone, you're like, hi, how are you? You know, you want to get to know them in a nice way, not you fucking dickhead you got shit face it's just interesting in that situation all the guys were holding back and they were slowly revealing themselves i think it's a very interesting observation and i will try and pay more attention to that and be like i need to take this shit with a pinch of salt uh number four is receiving gifts so hardy's got 10 percent, and i've got seven percent here i say receiving gifts interestingly is the bottom for me mine is 10 percent acts of service and 10 percent receiving gifts so the joint lowest I don't want you to buy me gift sets from Boots and uh, every time you go out, buy me shit. But I do want like a stupid fridge magnet when you go on holiday. I want to know that you thought of, like you bought me something stupid. I just want to know you're thinking about me. I went on a first date with someone and they got me, you know, Frozen, the Disney movie. Mm -hmm. You know, they have sticker books. No. Do you like Frozen? But I don't know why we talked about this. Maybe I did talk about liking Frozen. I guess at that time Frozen was out and... 
he got me um, like some stickers for a sticker book. It was dumb. It was silly, but it was just cute because he listened that I had talked about watching Frozen. That's what I mean. Like a person who has taken the information you've given them and matched it to your interests of what you would like. Kind of like, you know, you did it with me. You you knew that I hadn't got a diffuser, yeah, and a candle, and I hadn't listened to the album. So you took that information, you processed it, and you did something about it. That's like cute. I like that. 100%. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I think it's if the gift is thoughtful and it has meaning behind it, then it's like, okay, then it's important. But if it's just something like ridiculous and you're just like, nah, thanks. Acts of service. Why is that your least lowest 3%? I didn't even understand this is what they meant by acts of service. But from their questions and their questions were so crazy. We're like, oh, would you rather someone help you finish your project or spend quality time with you and let let you touch them or yeah. it wasn't really like that but I'm just giving you an example and I was like now nah, I want to touch them like so it's just like well, I don't need anybody to help me with my work what I didn't know that that was an act of service but I get it now that is what an act of service is like I couldn't even hypothetically like you're busy doing this podcast and your bathroom needs cleaning. The thing is I could do it in five minutes and I know for them they're going to be really confused and be like how do I clean this bathroom let me watch this 20 minute YouTube video on how to clean this bathroom. Or or if you needed to edit the podcast and they hypothetically they were a really good audio editor, they could edit it for you the last five minutes. I don't trust anyone else to do my work. That's the thing. You're very independent and so am I. So I wouldn't allow, I could delegate you cooking for me. I could delegate that. I like being fed, mate. That's nice. That's sexy. Yeah. I wouldn't want you cleaning my bathroom because I know how I want it cleaned. And I wouldn't want you doing my work for me. I want to be doing that myself. Don't trust anyone to do that for me. Has this taught you anything about relationships going forward? I think um, as someone who finds it difficult to have physical touch, it's taught me that I enjoy it and that I need to probably do it more. And also all these different things are important and to try and actually genuinely find out what the other person's is. So I'm doing it. I'm showing them how they like it. The questions that made me laugh on this test were... Um, it's more meaningful to me when someone I love puts their arm around me in public or someone I love surprises me with a gift. I don't know. Uh, it's just like obviously not a gift. What do you think? But then what if it's a gift like the cute stickers or whatever? Yeah. I remember answering this question and my answer was someone I love puts their arm around me in public. Yeah. All I want to do is be held by you. I don't really care if you surprise me with a gift. Unless it's something really, really meaningful, fine. But at the same time, I'd rather that you're comfortable enough with me to put your arm around me in public. Good answer. The other one is, it's more meaningful to me when someone I love reacts positively to something I've accomplished. It is very important for me when people acknowledge the good things I do, please. Uh, And the other thing is, someone I love does something for me that I know they don't particularly enjoy. I think that's trash. Why are you going to make someone do something they don't want to do? I understand that people think compromise is the key to a good relationship. But at the same time, if I know that my partner doesn't like doing something or doesn't enjoy it, then I'm not going to make them do that. Maybe in the case of if it's a family event and they don't like family stuff and then they come with me, of course I would appreciate that. I'll try not to put them in those sort of situations if they don't like that stuff. But yeah, I answered the question the same as you. I said someone I love reacts positively to something I've accomplished. And that's mainly because we're women. We're successful in our own right. We have ambitions to be more successful than what we currently are. And I need a man who can accept that and celebrate that with me. I don't want a man who's threatened by that. And I feel like there have been situations where they've been threatened by that. And I don't understand that. That is something that is very crucial 
going forward like I can't be with someone who's worried about my success or not really feeling it or threatened by it I need those people like encouraging me and thinking what I've done is good not like I seek their validation for every decision but you know it helps having the right people around you encouraging you so yeah if you've taken the love language test as well like we have please let us know what your results are email us hi at thank you next podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on socials at thank you next pod we want to know what your love language are yeah i yeah. you know what tell us what you thought of it did it help you did it weird you out tell us did it help you connect with your partner dog with yourself with your friends or your family with your colleagues yeah thank you next so we usually say thank you next to something that's caught our eye during the week and this week is something that we've seen on TV. What's hilarious is, I swear I said to you at some point, I don't want this to all to be reality TV, uh, but it actually has ended up being reality TV because I love reality TV. I ain't got room for people who don't like reality TV, fam. You're judgmental. No. Check yourself. So the thing that I'm saying thank you next to this week is Wayne Linnicat, who is in Celebs Go Dating. He's the old guy. Um, not saying anything about old people here, but... Um, He's Gary Lineker's younger brother, but he looks older than Gary Lineker. Just saying. He's the younger brother. Is that He's correct? younger. Yeah, because I remember the guy on the voiceover because he is the best voiceover in UK reality TV. Oh. Yeah. Rob Beckett is so fucking funny. It's just next level shit. He actually made a comment about it in episode one and he was like, oh, he's his younger brother, but let's not talk about that. And I was like, oh. Yeah, he may be a bit sick because he talks about having all these kids that are like, I don't know, over the age of 30. He's got some that are under, yeah. Basically, on the show... Like he's an old older dude, right? A girl comes up to him who's like just over the age of 30 or something. And he's like, he keeps talking about how he doesn't normally date women over the age of 30. And I'm just like, grow up, mate. Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with age gaps. If you're 50 something, you don't want a woman over the age of 25, 30. Why is that? You got to ask yourself, why is it that you need someone younger than you? It's also a little bit strange, Hardy, like if he's got kids who are older than 30. That's weird. Obviously, it's just like assumption, but it's like, is it you don't want to grow up? Is it like younger women are easier to like manipulate? Yeah, I don't know. I just think like the older woman is, she knows more what she wants. She's more self-assured and younger women might be potentially easier to manipulate. But then also like, is it because they're young and you want to, I don't know, like a trophy wife? What is it? There was a clip in episode one where he's like standing with five very young looking Love Islandy type women in bikinis. And he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you which one I'm going on a date with. And he pushes them all in the pool. Yeah. Who do you think you are? It was Who so degrading. Think, and it, people were going mad about that online. Yeah, I just think, yeah, you've got to check yourself as well. If you're somebody's dad, for God's sakes. Imagine your dad was doing that. I would take my dad and be like, listen, we need to have a chat, bruv. If that was my dad, I would not. We wouldn't be friends. He is being his authentic self out there, isn't he? Like, imagine how many Ugh. how many Desi dads or dads out there. That... They're the pedos being their authentic self, aren't they? Yeah. We can't normalise it. We can't. We can't. We just can't. And you're right. It is something about manipulation and and being in control and a younger woman, you know, not, not really knowing herself in the way that someone his age would know themselves. Yeah. I just know from the experiences I have of dating older dudes, it was always bizarre of why a dude would pick me. Oh. Once I was 15, I was seeing a guy who was 25. Nothing happened. I remember he was like very, you know, in a job that's like, is, is a dentist and he's, you know, worked, I don't know, been at uni six years. He had a proper job, basically. He's a proper adult. What does a 25 year old want with a, what do you want with me? Did you ever ask him? No, because I was 15. I wasn't asking him that, was I? So you were just like really excited. Were you just really like, ah. I was obviously aware that like, what do you want with a 
with a child. Yeah, it's just weird, mate. Like, what do you want? And obviously, these girls are, you know, of age. They're not. They're not children. We're not saying that he's hanging out with kids. But like, I wasn't into it, basically. So you're saying thank you next to um, Mr. Wayne Lineker. In a bit, mate. Don't lie, yeah. See you later. Let's see how the series progresses, eh? The whole uh, year, I'm an old dude, do what I want. I'm a bachelor. I have young women. Peace off. Peace off, bruv. Thank you, next. Today's lessons is no secret. They are from the album Thank You Next. I'm just going to say we haven't included the track Thank You Next because this whole podcast is pretty much based on the learnings from that track. Thank you. Okay. Next. Okur. 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 So let's start with lesson one. So one top me. I gotta stop seeing their potential without seeing their credentials. It's crazy. Ooh. That was supposed to be kind of in the tune to the song. The song is in my head. And that is one of the lyrics. She's literally like, I saw your potential without seeing credentials. And it is. I've done that. Yes. It is the most common mistake a lot of us make when we're starting a new relationship, when we're in the talking stages of a relationship and when we're just getting to know someone, I will fill in the gaps. If the person is not telling me the full story or not telling me everything I want to know, I will start filling the gaps based on the information I know and start creating a character almost for this person. And I start seeing all of their potential. Like, So I'll create meaning from their tweets. I'll create meaning from their Instagram posts. I'll create meaning from one line they've given me. For example, a brown guy recently told me that he watched Fleabag. He also watched Phoebe Waller-Bridge do it live in theatre. And I was like, wow, A, he's going to the theatre. B, he's watching a fucking feminist show made by a woman. Like, it's a smart show. Hopefully no dickheads watch that show, yeah? That's the meaning I take away from it. So immediately I'm like, oh, he's not a dickhead. Oh, he's fucking cultured. He goes to the theatre and he gets tickets to events that are hard to get tickets for. So I was just like, oh my God, he's like on it culturally. Well, you thought you had the shared interest in it. Someone who takes interest in the kind of things you like. So that's like potential. You're like, oh, the signs are there. Yeah. So I saw this potential, but I didn't see any credentials. I don't know if that's actually who he is. I don't know if he actually is cultured. That might have been his first time going to the theatre. I don't know that. That could have been his first theatre experience. I've created Mm. this man who goes to theatre regularly, who goes to events and watches interesting shows. People do this with dating apps, which is why people pick their pictures so carefully. So guys always have a picture of them outside or travelling. Oh, to show I'm cultured. They also have like, you know, one with a dog or something to show they like animals and things like that. And I remember once I uh, met a guy who had a cat and he used to send me videos of him and the cat. And I used to think, oh, he's so nice with the cat, like... You know, that's how he could he could potentially treat me that nice. And he was like, you know, one of those classic, oh, I love my mom, my mom's my best friend. And then, you know, from this information, it's a red flag. Oh, my mom's my best friend. But it doesn't stop actually you being a dickhead or treating your mom badly. It just means that you love your mom. And I just decided, based on the little information I had, that he was a nice person. Seeing potential where there are no credentials, that's got to stop happening. And she mentions it in this song. And this song is actually literally about she's in love with a person that she's made up in her head. And I just think we all definitely do that. We do that all the time. And it starts with one of her mates calling her going like, here's the thing, you're in love with a version of a person that you've created in your head that you're trying to fix, but you can't fix. The only thing you can fix is yourself. And the fixing thing is quite interesting in itself. But the lyric she says here is, uh, painting a picture, I thought I drew you well. It is true, man. We do that and we do think that we can fix people. Mad, 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 mad. It's, it's that thing as well, because like people are like, go with your gut instinct. So it's like painting that picture is part of your gut instinct as well. 
So you're kind of like, oh, I'm right. I know him. You don't know him. I know him. But like at the same time, you're painting this whole image of this person in your head. Like this is what he does in his spare times. These are his views on women. These are his views on LGBTQ community. Yeah, you do have to ask people like what their views on massive things are to get an idea of who they are. But then they're telling you with words. But I would hypothetically, if a guy told me he was like vegetarian or vegan, there's a part of me that would think that he's probably a bit compassionate. That's not that, you know. This is just going off the clues that I'm getting from people. But that's not necessarily true, isn't it? It's a massive assumption to make. You know, this happened to me. This actual conversation happened where he told me he was vegetarian. And I was expecting a very compassionate reason because I asked why. How long have you been doing it? Why? I was expecting something so compassionate about animals and farming being like really bad or whatever. Yeah. And what I got back was that I just feel better when I don't eat meat. What I took from that was actually you did it for because it helps your physicality. It's interesting, isn't it? She also says as well, I've got a habit of seeing what isn't there. That's the thing, isn't it? Filling the gaps, painting the picture. My favorite lyric from this is look at you, boy, I invented you. Gucci tennis shoes running from your issues. Oh, so I mean this, hey, you're, you're inventing this person. But at the same time, when you're with this person in a relationship, you're also inventing them because you're influencing them, right? So the Gucci tennis shoes line, we've had two different versions of that. It could also be that this guy has Gucci tennis shoes that he's bought for himself. So he presents himself to be a certain version of himself that he's comfortable projecting to the world, but it's not who he really is. And he's running away from his issues by pretending to be this guy that wears Gucci tennis shoes. But the other version we were talking about is that potentially you could have bought him those Gucci tennis shoes because what does every girl do in a relationship? You upgrade your partner. Mate, I taught him how to moisturise. Man didn't moisturise before I came into the building. Yeah, same. Man didn't moisturise his feet. He didn't moisturise his feet. Like, come on, man. How are you going to kick me to the curb? Yeah, with your crusty foot, you're going to fucking kick me away. Nah. Yeah. Nah, The nah, audacity. Nah. My ex didn't know what street wear was. How can you not know what street? What was he wearing? Next. He used to dress like Paddington Bear, I used to say. Paddington Bear? Demnobs. On our second date, he wore a hoodie and I was like, that's hot. Oh, wow. And then from a hoodie, you were like, oh, he's hot. You invented from him wearing... It was raining, yeah. So he had his hood up for the whole date and I was like, How interesting. How interesting. (laughs) It's insane. But I did. I, I was like, oh, he's into streetwear. He wasn't into streetwear. I got him into streetwear. I bought him like... All the best baseball jackets, like bomber jackets, this, that, sneakers, everything. I pimped him out. You kind of tried to turn him into what you want, but he actually never would be what you wanted because you're just dressing, you're just like dressing a mannequin, like an empty shell of human. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Shit. No, because when you talk, you do talk about like, you do talk about dressing the dude a lot. And imagine if it was the other way. If I had a guy saying he dressed me up. No, you fucking didn't. No, you fucking... No, you did. No, you did. I have to just say that, like, fashion is one of my passions. So maybe that's why I do it. But, um... No, no, no. We know you're not forcing it. We yeah, know you're, like... force someone like, into wearing something you've... they didn't want to wear. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, like... I wasn't, like, wear this or I'm not going to give you sex. <laughs> Look at you, boy. I invented you. Gucci tennis shoes, running from your issues. That reminded me of someone that I knew who used to walk around with, like, a mask on. And they'd be like, happy, chappy, like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm out here. Get it, get it. Uh, and then behind closed doors was actually a completely different person. And I find that hard to deal with. Do you think that person was a narcissist? Can I just ask? I'm not sure. Um, by the way, my experiences with narcissism, I found that I have, when I'm angry at someone, 
I might try and say that they're a narcissist. And I'm not sure if I've truly actually experienced that, but I was convinced at the time that they were a narcissist, but I'm not sure if they really are or if that was just me being emotional at the time. I've actually just realised that that line could actually be about a narcissist because that is a typical thing of what narcissists do. They wear that mask, they wear the clothes, they pretend they're a certain person. The other thing that makes me believe this theory, yeah, is because she's like, you said you only wanted half of me. And that's Mm. kind of like, so someone only wanted certain parts of her persona and certain parts of her personality. They didn't want her being her full authentic self. And they only wanted the version that they were cool with. And that kind of makes me think that maybe that was a narcissist because a narcissist is typically a controlling person who likes to control the other person and make them feel like a bit of a victim. This is one of my biggest fears that someone, well, it's kind of what, you know, as we're talking about the Australia thing, when girls are like throwing them you know, the maddest part of them at someone to see if they can take it. One of my biggest fears is like not um, someone accepting me when I'm like anxious or down, which so why wouldn't they? You know, you support people, but people sometimes worry that they only want the good part of you, you know, the happy Raj, the positive Raj, the creative Raj. Like I've got to be honest, like the, my past situation, like he only wanted a version of me that didn't even exist, like a version of me that wasn't me. Do you know what I mean? He wanted a subdued version of me that didn't make jokes, didn't have a dirty mind, didn't have a quick wit, wasn't savage, was just like this. But that's all, that's all, uh, not like the dirty jokes or you, but that's you. Yeah, I do feel like that was, and I lost a massive part of my personality. And even now, like, I don't feel like I've regained the sass or the wit or whatever, but it's a process. It takes a long time. It's in there, it's girl. In there. We're going to bring gonna it come out. out. We're going to bring it's it gonna back. It's going to come out. Nah, personalities are interesting because, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like their personality or we act as if people have got one personality, but I don't. I think we all have so many different different parts and aspects of our personality that comes out with different people different situations if you've eaten if you haven't if you're on holiday if you're not i know the guy you're talking about is asian and i'm not saying it's just asian dudes but i've had that before like a guy who i was dating when i was younger didn't like any of those parts any parts of me that were me didn't like it and i'm like well find someone else then yeah good luck mate good luck jog on mate also we were talking about a way to not romanticize a person Mm. and not paint a picture of someone like how can you get out of this and like move forward and I did once talk to this girl who's like training as a life coach it was really interesting because she was just talking about making friends in London because she's not from London and how she like dates and stuff like that and she basically said when she's in a situation with someone meeting new people she kind of takes a bit of a backseat and lets them reveal themselves to her because as me and you were talking when we we're talking about going on like first dates the program or like when my new housemate moved in it's like bang 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 let me show you who i am yeah yeah, yeah. so exciting yeah this it's great but actually but as soon as you take a step back and just like let it happen the person a lot of the time reveals who they are to you without you having to do any work and do the prodding do the questions do the nudge yeah. So just taking a step back, basically. That's what I've learned to how to get around romanticizing who a person is and imagining that they're this amazing person based on they've got cool, oh, they're wearing nice trainers that I like, or they told me that they're vegetarian, or uh, they've got a nice haircut, or they've got a creative job. Instead of just, you know, assuming, yeah, actually just being like, oh, okay, what do their actions show me that they really are? You know, it's weird that you said the creative job thing, because I used to think that was so important to me to have someone in a similar industry, but... When I had that experience, it just got too competitive. He didn't like that I was doing good. And it was like, oh, okay. So what are we saying thank you next to? We're saying thank you next to making up a version of that person that you're talking to. Stop doing that. Stop romanticizing them. Stop wearing rose-tinted glasses and being like, this is who I think they are. No, no, no. Let them reveal themselves. Yeah, actually, on this note, we should stop judging people on what their jobs are, lol. Like saying they're a banker, so you've got no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bankers can be creative. No, but when it comes to occupation, though, there is a part of me that... 
obviously different people like different stuff yeah yeah but i do definitely judge people a little bit on the occupation in the fact that i don't understand how someone could enjoy certain things i don't i don't believe it sometimes i don't understand what do you mean like i don't fully believe like okay not if you're like a person like i can guess like fitness and stuff like that say if you work in finance I really find it hard to believe that you enjoy it. So then I would judge you. But like some people like numbers, isn't it? Like I'm not a numbers person. Finance would scare me. If they did, if they genuinely did like numbers, I'd respect that. I find it hard to respect people who I think go for job titles based on what the job title is. I don't know how you could like dedicate your life to an occupation based on how it sounds or how much money you get as opposed to actually enjoying it people do it people fucking do it and i think that's maybe because me and you are thingies in life are not based on money but some people's are based on money i think we went for the quality of what we do rather than the quantity of what we make it's also like a conditioning thing isn't it like think it's better to have something that you enjoy whereas someone might think it's better to make money to have security they might have had a goal to have a house by a certain age how are they going to do that they needed to be earning something like different forks different strokes that was so more than that thank you next right so we're going to get on to the next lesson all right so lesson two is one taught me if they make you fake smile they gotta go they got to go this rule actually applies to friendships romantic relationships families, work issues, everything. Because quite frankly, anyone can make you fake smile. A fake smile is something that you should not be having to do. It's not a genuine smile. It's not a real feeling. It's you actually suppressing your true emotions and doing that thing of putting on a mask and putting on a fake smile. What's the Ariana song and lyric? The Ariana song is fake smile. And there's so many lyrics in here. So this is the bridge of it. And it's like, if I'm hurt, I ain't gonna lie about it. Arms crossed with the attitude, lips pouted. If I'm mad, I ain't gonna lie about it. Neck roll with the attitude. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So she's saying, if I'm hurt, I'm not gonna lie about it. My arms are gonna be crossed. My body language is gonna be telling you that I'm angry. She's saying that because something is probably saying to her, no, you've got to grin and bear through it. You can't showcase your anger. I don't believe in grin and bearing. I don't understand how you can suppress emotion. I'm not saying, okay, we need to react to absolutely everything, but I'm not about, I'm not about grin and bearing. I hate that. I, I don't know why people say it. We shouldn't be doing that. And the whole thing of brushing things under the carpet and fake smiling is not a thing that you should be having to deal with or an emotion. It's very uncomfortable to fake a smile in a situation where... There's nothing to smile about, actually. It means that usually that something needs to be discussed, that a conversation needs to be had, that something has happened to make you feel like you genuinely can't enjoy where you are at. And no one and nothing should put you in that position. I actually went to India with my family, like my nonni and nonna, my mom's parents. Yeah. A couple of years ago when I was absolutely heartbroken and I was like the shell of a human being. I had nothing to say. All the life was drained out of me and I could not fake a smile. I didn't try, but I couldn't. And I definitely didn't try. But there's part of me that's like good. Because at least I'm showing other people that you're allowed to have these emotions. And, you know, I'm not a robot. And at least they know that, like, they obviously could tell that I was heartbroken. I'm, I'm guessing, I think they knew I was heartbroken. This is like the wealth of human emotion. And why should I hide it from them and pretend that everything's okay? And I thought that's that was good. Like, I don't know if they've ever been around someone who's openly been so upset by heartache before. And like, good. That's like a family situation. But there was a time when... I was friends with someone and they broke my trust and 
in order to keep the peace, because I've realised I've done a lot of that as well in life, a lot of keeping peace. She really broke my trust, actually. She disclosed a secret, you know, a relationship that I didn't want people to know about to someone who didn't need to know and who is a massive gossip. Both of these people are gossips. Oh, God. All right. And um, yeah, she broke my trust and she framed it to me as if she was doing it for my own good. And I pretended because I knew it wasn't. I, and I pretended also to save an argument with her and also upset for myself. I pretended that I believed what she was saying. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, completely get what you did it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, because it was easy. And I had already decided by that point I didn't want to be friends with her and she wasn't the kind of person I wanted in my life. But I did keep a fake smile to, you know, so we didn't have an argument because no one likes the uncomfort of like those difficult conversations. But actually, in the end... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I kept letting things go and kept fake smiling, kept fake smiling, just because I didn't want to have a conversation that I didn't want to be a friend anymore, because I thought that would be too difficult. We actually end up having an even bigger fight in front of loads of people. And I was just like, yeah, it was it was kind of mad. Yeah. Do you feel like that fight happened because you were fake smiling through it and suppressing a lot of the emotions? So the emotions kept building up. Yeah. Like the smallest thing just made me flip, but it was actually all the other things. Probably. Yeah. This is what I mean. The fake smile thing is just not healthy. And I have to say like, OK, we're brown, we're brown. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all know. So... Are we brown? <laughs> are we brown though? Because we are brown, like, I feel like this is another thing like, is that brown people do. So my ex, I would have to go to family situation, family parties with him. And there were issues between his family and my family and they were causing problems in my relationship with him. And I would have to lie. His extended family would be like, how are your parents? And I would have to pretend that my parents are fine. But my parents were really upset and broken because of the stuff that my ex's parents were saying about them and doing. And I was really broken about it. But again, I had to go to these events and put a fake smile on. And it was killing me because I had to also then pretend to be the class clown and make everyone laugh at the events and be like, oh, here's his so-and-so's partner. Woohoo. Do you know what I mean? And it was killing me. But I really felt like it was a, a brown thing. It was like because his parents were like, no, don't tell anyone that this has happened and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of shame, isn't there? And that's another thing. I just feel like whenever someone's trying to make you hide how you feel or something that's happened, it's just a no-no. It means they've they've got to go because 
they're not they're someone that can't be honest the minute someone lets me know they they can't be honest this is a lesson i've learned now past all of that now i'll just be like okay i'm taking 30 steps back not one step back we were kind of chatting about this about andrew weren't we from um drew who tells the girl yeah drill he's like oh keep this between us like pretend everything's okay to everyone else yeah you know your friends and family's opinion of your partner are so you know valuable to you and also they don't change easily like it takes a lot to change your opinion. You say one negative thing and, you know, it takes like 10 positive things for that negative thing to be forgotten about. Did we say it? We said it in the last episode, didn't it? That it's like a red flag when someone is telling you like not to... To keep something a secret. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a red flag because they don't want you talking about it and they don't want another person actually telling you how it is. Yeah, telling you that's fucked up, dude. Because it's like they've got you under a spell, haven't they? It's like, mm. and you're just like, oh, I'm under this spell, woo. But the final point I wanted to make about this as well is that this has actually, like, how it affected you at work. This has affected me at work where I've had to leave a couple of jobs because of this. So like, I remember one job I left because I had to constantly fake smile my way through everything that we did because we had to pretend that we were friends when we weren't friends. I couldn't do that. That was just too much. And then there was another one where we had a change of leadership at work, right? And I found myself, my whole team, I remember we all found ourselves giving fake smiles to our boss, but she would give fake smiles to us. This woman would not acknowledge any one of us. We were in a creative team. We had a really tight relationship with our previous boss. And this woman would not talk to us. She would send the person that she thought was senior in the team to come and say things to us. And we'd be like, but why isn't she saying it to us herself? She's sitting right there. So it created a really weird atmosphere in the team. And we would all just be giving fake smiles. You know what was the funniest thing about this, Hardeep? And I just have to give this anecdote. This woman wrote books about kindness. Oh, wow. She used to preach like, oh, be kind, be kind. And she was not kind. Most of the people on that team, bar one person, has left. She created such a toxic environment from us having to just be there and being like giving her fake smiles and whatever. And even her own fake smiles, we just couldn't do it. Mm. And I know a lot of people think that it's, it's normal to have a boss that's slightly evil that you give fake smiles to. But when it affects the whole workplace and, and how the team works... It shouldn't be normal, should it? You can't normalise that shit. Like, I get it. Like, you might have a dickhead of a boss that you don't see eye to eye with on certain subjects. But overall, if they're making you feel a certain way, it's just not healthy. I've left those jobs and I haven't looked back ever. I feel like a boss's job is difficult, but they need to be a good people person. They need to have leadership skills. Yeah. They should be able to inspire their workforce to do better, to want to do better. They need to be real. Yeah, like, you can't... Um, oh, I've never met someone so fake in my life. How can you be writing books about kindness and then not even saying hi to your colleagues in the morning? Like she thought she was so above us that she couldn't say hi to us. Mm. I feel like saying hi and just being nice and having day-to-day -day conversation. I definitely miss that in, lo in lockdown. We should definitely not act like that's not important when it is. What did you learn from working with this person? Honestly, that anyone that makes you feel like you have to pretend to be something you're not at a place where you have to be for like eight hours of your day, then it just means move on. Just move on. Yeah. You know, I know people might be like, but that's such a dumb reason to move, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I had been in this job for like years and I was just like, I'm not going to progress here. I don't want to progress here. It's my time to go. Like the only reason why I stayed in that job before was because we had such great relationships with each other. Like work was fun. So none of us realized that we weren't progressing in our careers. Do you know what I mean? We were just like, it's fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the fun left, it was like, oh, actually, I don't need to be here. Like, and I definitely don't need to work for someone who's like that. And it's exactly what you said. If your leadership people cannot be inspiring or be kind, and I think this is so important. I'm happy working for people 
But those people need to be 20,000 times better than me. They need to be people that I can learn from. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm not learning from you, I need to move on. I need to go and find someone else to work for. Like, it's not a thing. I love kind bosses, man. People who are nice, you know? Yeah. They're underrated. So, Hardeep Dada, what are you saying thank you next to? Why are you, Brummy? I don't know why I keep talking like this. I do. Have you been voice noting? No. Who am I voice noting? All right, just checking. So, we're saying thank you next to Fake Smiles. They make you fake smile. They gotta go. They gotta go. We ain't fake smiling for nobody. If I'm mad, you're gonna know about it. Or maybe we gotta go. So if they fake, if they make you fake smile, you gotta go. Or they got someone's gotta give. Someone's gotta go. Yeah, remove yourself or remove them. Whatever's easier. <laughs> yeah, do one or yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Next, we're on to lesson three. Are you ready? Always. One top me. Don't be a sad bitch, just be a savage. Wait, how's it go? Don't be a savage. No, I just because yeah. I had to change it because it's actually been through some bad shit. I should be a savage. Who would have thought it turned me to a savage? From Seven Rings. From Seven Rings, homie. So tell me, tell me, tell me. I thought this was an important track for us to end on, kind of, because... Which is interesting, first of all, because... Mm. Sorry, I just asked you to tell me and then I interrupted you. Because... I would not think there's any lessons from Seven Rings. A lot of people probably from listening to this track would think it's just about fucking buying shit, having loads of cash, buying hair, being like, I like it, I got it, I see it, I want it, blah, 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 whatever. Nah, actually, guys, there's a lot we can take away from this track, okay? So... You've been watching Married at First Sight, Australia? No, I have it, but I don't know what's going on today. Oh, wow. It's my Australian personality coming out. Oh, that was a terrible accent. That was a no, terrible it was accent. No, it was decent. Let's address the actual top of the lesson, which is what we said. So don't be a sad bitch, be a savage. There is a lot of stuff about this track where she's focusing on material things. For example, there is wearing a ring, but ain't going to be no misses. Bought matching diamonds for six of my bitches. I'd rather spoil all my friends with my riches. Think retail therapy, my new addiction. What's your addiction? I do like retail therapy. I have to be really, really honest. Like I go on the Azos app every day and I save every items. Every day? Every day. And I'll see what's new and I'll save items in my saved items. Then I'll move them to my basket and then I'm, I might, I try not to buy them every day. And I do that on the Zara app as well. It's And now I've started doing that on River Island as well. And I've done it on Match. It's good that you've got a process because hopefully it stops you. Yeah. So that's how I stop it now because I just, I pretend I'm going to buy it then I don't. But mainly I think that's because we're in lockdown. Okay. A lot of people see this on surface level. Like, yeah, it is about buying stuff and whatever, but she's doing it after she's gone through a situation where she was a sad bitch, Mm. where she was, she's gone through a, a great deal of pain, a great deal of sadness. And now what she's doing is using all that energy, all that money. She's turned it. Yeah, and she's focusing it on herself and her friends. And this is something that I actually did in my last relationship. We all know, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, there was an occasion where I was going to get three trainers discounted from Selfridges, all limited edition, and my ex didn't let me get them. There was a bit of me where I felt really restricted in that relationship. So obviously on my way out of that relationship, once I had done my healing and once I had done all my work, and this is something that, You know, no matter what journal you buy or what life coach you work with, they always be like, so how can you reward yourself for your hard work? And they always ask you this question. And I just thought, well, I'm going to buy myself something real fucking nice. And I bought myself the best breakup presents I've ever bought myself in my life. What'd you buy? Also, I've never heard anyone say that, but that's really good because how do we reward ourselves? That is very interesting. You have to reward yourself for the growth, for the pain that you've overcome and 
that transformation of being a sad bitch and going into savage mode. Mm. It takes a lot of work to get there, isn't it, Hardy? It's not an overnight thing. Hell no. Yeah, and there was a lot of commitment involved and I had to address a lot of issues and things that I, I might not necessarily have wanted to address. So, yeah, I bought myself a beautiful Lady Dior matte black bag. I've seen this bag and this bag is absolutely banging. I'm not into like designer stuff. I don't know about anything of that nature. But it's a very nice bag. Raj, how much was that bag? That bag was about three grand. Three grand on a bag. It's something that is going to be in my life forever. It's going to be an heirloom in my family that I'll pass on to my kids or... Imagine as an heirloom, that'll probably be worth loads, surely. And that's the thing, you know, bags, they are the one thing out there in the designer world. I mean, I don't know about... I mean, trainers do the same thing as well, but they increase in value. They will never decrease in value, so... It's a great thing to have, but I don't own any designer bags. I, I've never owned one. So that was the first thing. And I was like, I'm in my 30s. I don't own one. And it's something I always wanted to buy myself. And I always stopped myself from buying it because I'd be like, I'll buy it when I do this or when I do that. But actually, I was like, I've been through all of this shit. I'm going to spoil myself. Good I'm going to buy it. And I need to be really honest. That wasn't the only thing I bought for myself. <gasps> what else did you get? I bought myself two pairs of designer shoes, one Nicholas Kirkwood wedges, fucking amazing. And then Mew Mew wedges that I had my eye on. They were like Cinderella shoes. Like they were like my fairy tale shoes. They were the best freaking shoes. So I bought those as well. And, you know, they were all excessively priced. I've never paid that much for shoes. I think you need to take a little pic and uh, do a story on these. Oh, yeah, we'll do We'll do it. I'll, I'll show you my breakup buyers. But it's really, really important to treat yourself after you've been through the absolute horridness of being treated like shit well you know what i do i don't do i do something completely different i change my hair i do that too yeah i like to create a bit of distance i was like you don't know the new yeah me. i've changed my hair now you've seen that tiktok where it's like he likes my brunette hair so i have blonde hair now no i haven't but i fully get that um someone did tell me recently they like my long hair and i was like you yeah i want to cut it off I get like piercings. I do go shopping. I remember like when I used to feel sad because I used to work at Oxford Circus and when I get sad, I'd go to a shop like after work and just, you know, walk around and like, you know, try on all the clothes, throw back. That was really nice. Retail therapy is amazing. Whether it is just that, going into the shops and trying clothes on. But also holidays and food. But yeah, I love trying the clothes on and taking on like a new vibe, you know, that's that's a bit of me that. That question, I've never heard anyone say that. How do you reward yourself? But that is amazing. Like We should be asking that question way more. But different people do reward themselves in different ways. I wonder what your ex, how he would have rewarded himself. I do not care about spending money on food, like having really, really nice food and yeah, holidays and yeah, just enjoying myself that, that way. Valentine's Day is coming up. I know some people are going to be feeling more single than ever. Every Valentine's Day that I am single, I always buy myself a really nice gift. And I haven't decided on what I'm buying myself this Valentine's Day, but it's like I reward myself for being single. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. What did you reward yourself with last Valentine's? Uh, probably nothing. I don't think I did it because I was still in the, I was healing from the last relationship. So I don't think I did it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, it is a nice idea though. My mum always gets me a Valentine's present, which is very sweet. Once my mum got me a really inappropriate teddy bear. What? It's a devil. It's like a horny devil. It's literally a horny devil. And like it whistles at you. And I was like, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, mom, chill out. But yeah, I still got it. And it like, if you squeeze it, it whistles at you. It's like, no, that's sweet. It's not. I was like, mom, what's going on? Like, no, no, I think it's cute. What's your mom got you? What did your mom get you? Oh, she is so funny. She's just like, so it's always chocolate. It's always chocolate. That's and cute. She's bought me other cute things. I can't remember now, but um, I remember one time she got me like a massive like package of chocolate to work. That's cute. And, uh, 
yeah it was really it was really sweet like i wasn't expecting it on valentine's day and everyone knows it's valentine's day and i got this big box this big box was everyone like oh who's that from who's that from yeah yeah and i was like acting like it was you know it could be some and that it could be somebody i don't know oh my god nah um nah she's sweet man there's another lyric in this sorry where it's like my smile is beaming my skin is gleaming the way is shine i know you've seen it you've seen it and we talked about this to Tony last week and we were asking her the secret of why she looks so hot. She's so hot. We were saying that she's got a glow and she was like, it's funny that you say that because when I was with my ex, people were like, oh, you've got a glow now, blah, 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 blah. But she's not with him anymore. So she's actually got a single glow. And I think this is just it. The glow you get from doing an internal glow up after the breakup and after going through the sad shit that like, you know, like they say a phoenix rising from the ashes. Before you're the phoenix, you're like this just this regular bird, but then you're the phoenix rising from the ashes. You've got beautiful coloured feathers, fire coming out of your wings. This is what happens. You have an internal glove and it shows on your skin. you got to take care of yourself, man. You are number one. Dealing with your bad shit ultimately leads you will glow and people will see that. It's not just about like, oh, I'm getting my hair did and my nails did. And, and, and. You've got to do the internal work and then your skin's going to be gleaming, yo. Who knew this song was so inspirational, you know? It's got a lot to it. And you have to remember when Ariana recorded this track, sorry, this whole album, it was recorded in two weeks. They were planning to scrap the album because Mac Miller died. Wow. And then she re-recorded everything. And it was just done in two weeks. She wrote it with her mates. They did it in New York, banged it out in two weeks. This album is a result of doing the work on yourself and trying to process what's gone on and what's happened. So let's give props where props are due. What a lad. You fucking love her. I I think I I have new respect for her. I love her, man. She always says that this album saved her life. And I can see why. Because she really worked through a lot of shit in such a short amount of time as well. That's so sweet, man. I feel for her. Sad. Yeah, respect to Ariana, man. Mad respect. Love you, Ari. You know, like spending your money on um, nice things. Yeah. The Indian people I've known are a lot more like they wouldn't use it so much on food or like cloves to like reward yourself. I don't know what they do use it on, to be fair. What would your ex prefer you spend your money on? Well, holidays with him, right? He used to always say we're saving. We're saving for this, we're saving for that. Like whether it be a house or whether it would be this or whether it would be that. They always have the long-term goals. But I have to be honest, whenever we would go and when we were in those processes of signing papers to get a house, he was the one that was backing out. So I don't think he had any will to actually do that. I just think it was taught because it sounded good. Yeah, this is the thing. I had this problem with someone I dated. They would always talk about the future, the fu- like for the future. Okay, so, and I was like, yeah, but what about now? What about the holidays now? What about going out now? What about doing this now? And they're like, yeah, yeah. When we're married down the line and when this and when that. And I'm like, no fam, now. The reward system's very interesting. Like imagine I died tomorrow and all my reward, I was putting all my reward on 10 years time. Where's your money going to go, Hardeep, if you died tomorrow? I don't know, hopefully mom will take it. If you die tomorrow, your money's gone too. Like, what are you saving it for? You're saving it for nothing. Like, I get it. I get the idea of saving, but it doesn't mean that means you can't allocate a certain amount of your paycheck towards something that you want to enjoy yourself with, you know? I feel like, just as Ariana says, you're glowing now, make yourself glow, have some nice time, do nice stuff for your friends, you know, spoiling all her friends. Why not? Those people support you, spoil them, spoil yourself. Don't be a sad bitch, be a fucking savage. Know your worth. Learn your worth. I feel like me and you are savages. We ain't sad bitches. But I was a sad bitch. Definitely was. I was a sad bitch. But you got to go through the process of being a savage. I was a sad bitch. 
I ain't no sad bitch no more. And now I'm a savage with a lady deal bag, like, bag. Whoa, what have I got to show? Oh, I've got a ring light. Hey, and I got this. Yeah, that's good shit, man. Now, now, to be fair, like, I bought my phone and my laptop. Like, that's... I'll... Yeah, that's good shit. <laughs> um, the way I had my glow up, actually, that makes complete sense. I've just kind of put it together. Yeah, I invest in a laptop, phone, software, ring light, all of this to invest into me making content, which is obviously what I'm passionate about. Invested in myself. Oh, uh, yeah. So what are we saying thank you next to, Raj? We're saying thank you next to being a sad bitch and wallowing and not spoiling yourself in the way that you would spoil others. Oh, another the other thing that I didn't say is I will spoil any man that comes into my life. Like I will make their birthdays amazing, their Christmases, everything. But the presents, they are extravagant af. So extravagant. So I was just like, all of that energy I was putting into him, I'm now putting it into me. I'm now buying myself extravagant gifts. That's beautiful. And and I love them because I don't... As you should. I'm not going to get what I buy for myself wrong. You know what I mean? It's going to be something I love. No, it's going to be yeah, right. So um, <laughs> it's better than getting a gift from someone because it's it's from you, yo. At least you know what you want. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, when you get presents from other people, sometimes it's off, innit? Yeah. It ain't going to be off. I remember it was so awkward. Once um, I got a gift for my anniversary and it was a bag and it was... Okay, so that bag is, is matte black. So it's got something about it. I don't like black things. Like, I just don't think... I tend to think they're quite boring. Mm, same. He got me a black bag and it was like an auntie G bag. And I was just like, oh my God. And it was so awkward. But my friend was over and my friend was like, this isn't Raj. This isn't Raj. She was like, is this you, Raj? And I was like, no, it's not. So he was like, oh, okay, we'll return it. So I was like, thank fuck she was there. <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't have said anything. I don't know. I didn't know how I would have said it, but I was just like... It's hard to say I don't like what you just got me. I was just like, oh, uh, I can wear this somewhere. <sighs> it was horrible. No. And now we're going to do a couple of special mentions. Special mentions from Thank You Next. We've got a shout out, Bad Idea, which is the best song on the album. I got a bad idea. I mean, it's, I, I listen, there are a lot of good, really, really good songs on this album. Really good songs on this album. The reason we're shouting out Bad Idea is, first of all, it is my favourite song on the album. I think it's really fucking sick. But the one lyric in there which really speaks to me is that lyric is, I'ma call you over here to numb the pain. Because I know what that is like. I've been in a situation before where it's like, you know, the pain of not having somebody there is so intolerable that you just want to fit anything that will fit into the pain-shaped hole. And I'm not talking vaginas. I'm talking one time me and this uh, me and this individual were hanging out and we decided it was time to call it a day. It wasn't working. We said a long drawn out goodbye. And on the bus home, I text them to say, listen, we've already spent the entire day together. And, you know, we know this ain't going to work. However, just come over and we'll just chill. And nothing happened, but I called them over to numb the pain. Because it's so hard. You don't want, you don't when you break up. Like the next day, the next week, all the time alone is so painful. I just love the lyric, man. It's just fucking speaks to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Have you ever numbed, called, have you ever used someone to numb some pain? No. I mean, the one time I spoke to you about that um, rebound guy a couple of episodes ago, that was about it. Rebound guy? The rebound guy, when I when I dated someone, when I shouldn't have dated him, and then he gave me all the flowers in my room, and it was horrible. Oh, I feel like you learned your lesson from I that. I learned my lesson from that. Ago. That was too much. So I don't, I don't do it now. I don't, I'd rather just be alone. Yeah, you don't want to leave people on. Okay. My thing is, is like, to numb my pain, I just watch rom-coms. That's it. And reality TV. Yeah, like 10 things I hate about you, uh, no strings attached, that awkward moment, bag, they kill you, man. 
There we go. Also, imagine she has a lyric about sleeping on your chest. This is not a lesson at all, but I just wanted to say, I cannot stand people sleeping on or near me. I need like a good foot of space between us because I can't concentrate. You don't like a spoon? Yeah, I like it. But then after a bit... A nighttime spoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah, But then nice. after a bit, go... Like when we're at- I fall asleep quicker no, no, no. when there's someone in my bed. It's nice. I get so um, hyper aware of like my breathing and like uh, they're so close to you. I don't like it. It's so intimate. I'm like, Ugh, stop. One thing that I don't like is that I, t- I tend to find that guys like to be all over you when you're in the same bed and like, be like grabbing you and like holding you. And it's like, oh, no, let me breathe. I like that for like fun time, let but not breathe. for not for sleep time. Sleep and fun are different things. I like a spoon. Not always. It's very nice. But can I just say this track, Imagine, is the one that is meant to be about Mac Miller mm. and reminiscing on their relationship. So it's a very, I, I find it very, very cute. Mm. It's really sweet. We were saying as well about the New Year Perfect after the first kiss. Yeah. I don't think you can you can do an indicator of what a relationship is going to be after the first kiss because you are blinded. But it's the hope, isn't it? It's a bit of that rose-tinted glasses then, isn't it? Of being like, oh my God, that first kiss. Oh. It's exciting, but... Have you ever had a bad first kiss? Yeah, and it was my fault, but I was I was young, so... Okay. We're not going to get into it. There was a party, there was me and a human, and it was really bad. And it was all me. It was all me. It was awful. Anyway. Okay. Oh, I feel sick just thinking about it. So, but the story behind that lyric is that that lyric is meant to be about her and Max's first kiss on screen on the video. Um, you know, I love the way you know that song. I love the way, love the way you. Way. Um, so that's meant to be potentially about that kiss that she had. Mate, you're you really are you are like a fly on the wall or something. How do you know this? I love Ariana Grande. How many times have I told you this? This was my breakup album. It like I devoured every fact about it. Like devoured, you know. I loved it because it was just like she was going through this fucked up thing and then she came with this piece of work that was so personal. No, that is amazing. And I really appreciate when artists do something that is, you know, we love authenticity, isn't it? We love that shit. Yes. So I just thought, wow, like this is actually addressing a lot of stuff that's happened in your life. And I, I love that. And that's that's relatable and that's real. Mm. So I, I, I loved it, man. I loved it. We love you, Ari. We respect your, respect your creative work. Yeah, man. It's, it's dope. It's beautiful. And also just one shout out to Needy, just because sometimes I'm a bit needy. I say sometimes, all the time. Uh, yeah. I love that there's a song about being needy and like she's normalizing it. Yeah. And she's just being like, it's okay. It's okay to be needy. I'm Ari- I'm a whole Ariana Grande and I'm needy too. And it's like, yeah, man, that's that's actually dope because we all have our needy moments, but we're made to feel not good about being needy. And dudes are so, you know, men are needy they're so needy yeah but they don't sit they they go about it in a different way to women and i think they kind of get away with it as not being needy as just like being regular humans yeah i don't know man but yes it's always it's always a thing isn't it when a woman's needy she's a nag or she's this or she's yeah. that uh-uh. so i just i love that it's 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 hot sexy ariana grande saying she's needy thank you next Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next, which was the Ariana Grande Thank You Next special. Happy two years to one of our favourite albums. I wouldn't say it was my favourite. I still, I don't know. Happy two years to one of my favourite albums. I fucking love this album. This album is untouchable in so many ways. Make sure you share this episode with Arianator and let us know, basically share it with Raj, and let us know what your lessons from the album are. Fucking DM me this episode, yeah? 
email us or leave us a voice note because we'd love to hear your voice hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com tell us your favorite track you can also dm us on socials we are at thank you next pod on insta tiktok twitter facebook and youtube if you liked what you heard make sure you hit subscribe on Acast, spotify apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts and don't forget to give us a review because we're gonna just do some little sneaky rewards for you we've announced our prize winner but um, there's definitely going to be a little bit more of a surprise and delight vibe going on because we love our listeners and we want you to know that we love you. So keep letting us know what you're thinking in the reviews, okay? Ah, uh, yeah. We're going to be back next week. Can I say who our guest is? Nope. Hardy. Well, we're going to be back next week with two guests. I'll give you a hint. They are real big in the podcast world. They're it. We haven't recorded it yet, mate. That's a hint. Anyway, Hardy doesn't let me announce our guests, so that's that's a big hint. Anyway, if you really want to know, DM me, DM me. I'll keep it on the down low, innit? Keep it on the down low. No, don't. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Next, next, thing. I hope you have a week where you show the world that you are a savage. And where you shine bright. Not like a diamond. Where your skin is glowing. And where you don't numb people. But you listen to that song. I'm gonna go over here and All right, so guys, till next week, stay savage. Thanks for. Uh...